Hey, brewery lovers. This is Richard. I'm here with my good friend, Adam. And today we are in Crofton, Maryland. We are at the Chesapeake Real Ale Brewery in Crofton. We are in the brewery. Normally we record these in an office or a tap room, but no, we're in the brewery today. And this is one of the more interesting breweries that I've gotten to visit recently. There is a, there's 16 taps in this brewery. But we're yeah. going to learn all about that. Uh, we're here today with John Esposito, the brewer and owner of Ches Chesapeake. It's hard to say, Chesapeake. And so far, we've had a blast here. So, John, thank you so much for joining us on the Brew Daddies podcast. Great. Thank you for coming out. So you have a different approach. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. You've owned breweries in the past. And this place is different than any other brewery we've been in because you are small batching the bejesus out of some beer here. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole concept uh, with this brewery is to be a very nano, nano brewery. Um, really as small, uh, we're as small as, as reasonably viable for a commercial operation, to be honest. Um, I joke often that uh, we're a little bit too big to be a home brewer, a little bit too small to be a, a real big commercial brewery, uh, but it works. Yeah, we have uh, we run our 12 different fermenters and have a constant, ever-changing variety of beers. Well, uh, we tried, between Adam and I, we tried six of the, how many do you have on tap at the moment? Uh, 24. 24. We have a six, wow. 16 taps and then eight beer, cask beer engines. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, is where the name Real Ale comes from, is the, the English Real Ales. Wow. Uh, yeah. So we, we could try six of them and we have to drive back home after this. So we have to be <laughs> careful about what, we, uh, about what we do. But we got to try six. We tried three porters, a couple of IPAs and a red ale that were a all... A cream ale and a... A cream ale, right. An IPA. IPA and a red yeah. ale. Yeah. And, uh, and they, were, they were all very different and really good. There was a really nice uh, salted caramel porter. Uh, that I really yeah, enjoyed. I enjoyed that one, and the red ale was spectacular. It really was. So it's an imperial red ale. Oh, so very strong, but you couldn't tell that by the taste. Very smooth. Very yeah. Hey, was it like nine percent? Right at nine. Yeah, you know, it's an Irish ale, an imperial Irish ale. Which I don't even know if that's really a thing, but <laughs> it um, is now. It is I, now. Yeah. That's part of the fun of doing small batches is that I can make up things as I want. Um, so instead of just doing a red ale or an Irish red ale, it's like, all right, let's pump it up and make it an imperial Irish ale and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So um, you're in a you're in an industrial location yeah. uh, like a lot of small breweries are uh, in Crofton. Uh serving sort of the local community and getting a lot of folks in sure. here trying a lot of different kinds of beer. Yeah, our goal is to be the, the community brewery. You know, we're not trying to be a you know, statewide distribution. We're not trying to draw people from other states, although it's great if they visit. Uh, but our goal is to be the local neighborhood pub and brewery. Fantastic. I know you do a lot of work with home brewers as well. Recently, yeah. you had a Beat the Brewer competition. Can you talk a little bit about that too? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, and it's going to turn into a quarterly event for us. Uh, so in September, I sent out the challenge and it actually, this filled in about 10 minutes. Uh, we put posted on Facebook, uh, to local home brewers said, we're going to do a beat the brewer contest, um, 11 home brewers plus myself. So it'd be 12 beers available during the festival that we did. Uh, I created a a base grain bill and each brewer had to use the base grain bill, but then from there they could have at it with whatever they want. Uh, so they could turn it into any style they wanted. They could use any yeast, any hops, uh, any adjuncts that they wanted. And as a result, we got 12 very different beers 
for our Beat the Brewer Festival, which was uh, earlier this month, uh, early beginning of November. And it was it was fantastic. Uh, I decided to take some risks. Yes. And uh, and my goal was hopefully to have uh, somebody else win, which they did, which was great. And as a prize for the winner, they're going to come in um, soon and brew the batch of the winning beer that we'll then put on tap. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to have to get ready for that for the next but next Session, season, yeah, so we'll, next season. we'll be announcing in January for the next one, which will be a spring seasonal beer. And I still need to come up with a base for that. I haven't figured that out yet. Well, there's a lot to do when yeah. you're the only person working in yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other events that you do with uh, local home brewers? Uh, we also, not, not necessarily for local home brewers, or it could be for home brewers, um, we do a, a brewer for a day package. Uh, people come in and most of the folks that have come in to do it have been completely inexperienced brewers. People that just want to learn the process and they'll come in, they'll, they'll pick a style that they like. I'll make up the recipe. Um, they'll come in and brew it, through, spend the whole day brewing. Then they'll come back and we'll have a, like a beer release party for them. So they'll have a, like a special happy hour with the release of their beer and they'll bring their friends in and be able to drink it. Wow, that's pretty unique. I, I it's something different. It yeah. Now, do you make them do the cleaning as well? Absolutely. It's a it's a it's the full <laughs> brewer experience from uh, from mashing in to to final cleanup and mopping the floors. Excellent. When they stay, if you if you figure out ways to leave right as we pitch yeast somehow, I'm not sure how that happens. But uh, <laughs> and we've had we have had a, a couple too. I think um, people who were actually did have some home brewing experience and brought a recipe with them. But but other than that, the other dozen or so that we've done have been very much beginners who have just said, I like, I have this idea. I like this style. Uh, so we've had, we've had a great concoction of beers. Yeah. We've had a, uh, we've had a mango habanero, any IPA. We've had a, a honey basil Hefeweizen, a, uh, a sweet cannoli Imperial stout, um, that we called Holy cannoli. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh so there's been a whole a whole great variety of, of beers right now actually uh, we had a guest brewer in on tuesday two days ago three days ago and in the tank right now is a is our a brute ipa that uh, he wanted to try uh, and i'd never brewed one before so we're gonna find out soon how that <laughs> that worked although i will say three days in it tastes pretty good in the fermenter excellent so you've owned breweries before I did back uh, in the '90s. Back in the '90s, yeah. like in the early days of the of the craft local brewery. Yeah, thing. my uh, my brewer permit number in the in '94, I think, was 430 something, 30, 436 maybe. Oh. And my brewer permit number here is 66 something something. So now six thousand breweries ago. <laughs> wow. The first one was in yeah. Maryland or in Virginia? It was in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah. yeah. And why did you decide that what you wanted to do when you got back into commercial mm-hmm. brewing was was do these small batches as opposed to sort of being, you know, the well, with with the first brewery, it was it was a very different time in the 90s. Number one, breweries couldn't do by law. We weren't able to do a tap room the way we can now. So we were strictly production uh, kegs, bottles, no cans back then. It was just I mean, it was kegs or bottles and everything went out the back door. And my life became dealing with distributors and trucking companies. Uh, after you know the last three years, I owned the place. I never really even stepped foot in the brew house. I was traveling around. We had we were selling beer in twenty two states, and I was on the road all the time, um, dealing with headaches more than anything. Uh, I've grown to the point where, to be honest, I hate distributors and truckers at the you know, and <laughs> not the trucker individuals, but the companies. Right. Um, so when I decided I wanted to do something again, I knew I wanted to do something very small. 
and be able to sell just at, you know, in the tap room, maybe small local distribution, but not ever deal with a distributor again, not have to worry about truckers showing up when they're supposed to. Uh, I mean, there were, there were way too many times when we were left with 30 pallets of beer stacked up, ready to go out the back door and no truck and oh. our, and the back door blocked. I mean, you know, it's, those are things that I don't want to do again. So when I saw the laws evolving to now allow tap rooms uh, for small breweries, I got really excited. <laughs> and that's, you know, it took a few years, but uh, the result is now just a tiny brewery with a, with a tap room. Cool. Well, so are your beers served outside of the tap room as well? Right now, no. Um, okay. I keep saying, yes, it's coming soon. Um, but the problem is we never have enough to send anywhere. So we have, we do have bars and restaurants that are, that call us almost weekly saying, Hey, can we get this? And I, I start to say yes. And I realize, wait a minute, I don't, I don't have any. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, and that's the, that's the negative of such small batches that it's all, it's all getting sold right now. Um, so I, I just two weeks ago doubled the size of, of one of my brew of the brew house. So hopefully now we'll be able to, to start sending more out the back door. Why Crofton? Well, um, I live in Anne Arundel. And when I started looking for locations in Arundel, there were no other breweries in Arundel. Um, it wasn't until the General Assembly of 2015 that changed the laws to even allow uh, the zoning in Anne Arundel to open a brewery. Uh, up until then, the, the rule said uh, you could be in heavy industrial. But then if you look at a map of Anne Arundel, there's zero heavy industrial. So it's sort of by default eliminated breweries. Uh, so when, when the law changed in 2015, I said, OK, I'm doing it here and started searching for space. And after looking in several communities, uh, I settled here. I, I only live seven miles away, so it's easy commute. Um, I love the I, I love the community here in Crofton just because it's it really right across the street is the entire Crofton community. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think we have a decent location uh, by industrial zoning. By default with industrial zoning, you know, you're never going to be in the perfect retail spot. Right. You know, we have to be right. in a warehouse. Right. Yeah. So, but we're 100 yards from Route 3. I mean, you can see all the cars passing by. They can see us. So it's so it's not too bad. That's cool. And Crofton, if I'm not mistaken, was twice named in Money Magazine's top like 100 places to live in the country. Yeah, demographically, if you if you look at the if you look at the demographics of craft beer drinkers, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's amazing how perfectly it merges with Crofton's demographics. <laughs> wow. So it's a, we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of eager customers here. Cool. And of course, always looking for more. Now the name Chesapeake. How? Like, what does it mean? Why did you select it? I like to do things a little differently, as you can probably tell. Uh, the uh, Chesapeake is the Algonquin Indian word for Chesapeake. So being right here in the Chesapeake region, I, I didn't want to just call us Chesapeake. Uh, and to be honest, I don't remember exactly where I saw the name, but reading something at one point, I, I saw the word Chesapeake and I saw the explanation for it, that it was the, the, Algon- excuse me, the Algonquin word for Chesapeake. And it just hit me. And I wanted to also name the company Real Ale Brewery. So right. Chesapeake Real Ale Brewery is CRAB. So the crab is our logo and it sort of all tied together. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't notice you didn't that. Notice I, that. Didn't I, didn't notice that. I mean, I noticed yeah. the crab and the logo <laughs> and that your, uh, your, your website is. Yeah, the website and the Facebook page are Brew Crab. Brew Crab. So yeah. brewcrab.com on the web and then slash Brew Crab for Facebook. Yeah, but I'm not smart enough to realize that <laughs> Chesapeake I, Real Ale Brewery yeah. spells I crab. totally I missed to, it too. And I wanted so. to put Real Ale in our name because I do focus on actual Real Ale, mm-hmm. cask ales, um, unlike a couple other places that throw Real Ale in their name yeah, around right. the country that 
have never met a cask ale in their life. So. <laughs> I mean, you talk about real ale, English cask ale. Is that the brewing philosophy, the brewing style that you use most or? Yes and no. Um, if you look, I mean, you saw the taps that we had on tap. Yeah. There was one English ale, I think, up there right now besides the casks. Um, so I certainly don't call us an English ale style brewery. Uh, we have, I mean, right now we have Amer you know, American style IPAs, um, German Kolsch, Belgian triple. Uh, Several uh, I know, I know I'm porters. Out. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. Actually, I'm blanking out on the other things we have up there right now. <laughs> there's 24 uh, there's, of them, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but basically, if you trying to pigeonhole us into one nationality of brewing just doesn't work. I mean, we I do a little bit of everything. Uh, the real ale part and the English part certainly comes from my, my love of English ales and, and serving cask ales. Um, I also learned that you could put pretty much anything into a cask and it, tend, it can work. Uh, one of our most popular cask ales is, uh, is actually a cask hefeweizen. Uh, oh, wow. you, would never, oh, wow. you would never guess it. It's all yeah. that crazy. Uh, and we, we often have our Dunkelweiss on cask, uh, which, which we don't right the second. But, uh, so you can put an American IPA on cask. You can put a, a German uh, Dunkel on cask. Uh, or, of course, you know, our, our, our standby is our ESB, uh, which um, people seem to really like the ESB. We have the English Mild. Right now I have a Scottish ale that we dry hopped with Earl Grey tea, uh, which is kind of interesting. Um, so we get to play around with some different experiment, you know, different ideas. All right. Well, running a brewery where you've got 24 different beers on tap and you're doing how many batches a week? Uh, four to six. Four to six batches of how many gallons, roughly? Uh, one barrel batch. One, barrel, one barrel and two barrel batches. So wow. if I'm doing two barrels, that's, that would be the four on the four side. But if I'm doing all one barrels, it's six a week. Yeah, wow. Okay. So... I think that folks listening to the podcast are going to be able, especially the ones who brew, are going to be able to sort of imagine what some of the challenges are with doing that. But like, what are some of the, the very particular things that that style of brewing, you know? The, the biggest challenge, in all honesty, is, is the hours, the, the, the hours in the week that I have. Uh, you know, the brewing part of the week is actually the easy part. It's all the cleaning and scrubbing and kegging and carbonating, all the, all the other things that go along with getting the beer to the tap other than just the brew day. I mean, we're brewing right now and this is easy. I'm, I've got a beer going right now and it's very relaxed and easy. It's, it was the 12 hours that I spent cleaning tanks yesterday. <laughs> that was the hard <laughs> right, part of the week. Right. Um, yeah. So that, uh, that's the biggest challenge. Uh, the fun part of the challenge is coming up with things to brew. I mean, I have, a, I have a list that's still a mile long. Since February, I've already brewed 130 different beers. Um, now wait, you and, so you open in February. Yeah. And so in 11 months of the year, 10 months of the year, now, basically, yeah. you've brewed 100 and, 130 different kinds of beer. 130. Yeah. Wow. And, and the, and the, the That's funny more thing, than 10 a month. Yeah. Yeah. So we do every, every, if you, if you use Saturday as a weekly day, by every Saturday, usually there's six different things, five different things that we tap from the previous Saturday. There's always new things coming on tap. But at the same time, I have to rebrew certain things that are favorites. Sure. One of our mantras here is that we have no flagships. You know, when I was designing the business plan for the place, you know, I made it very, very clear that this brewery will have no flagship beer. Uh, it's really about constant, ever-changing variety. And a lot of it, in all honesty, is waking up today and saying, what do I want to drink two weeks from now? And then brewing it. Um, awesome. <laughs> you know, and there's other things that I'll just say, hey, that sounds interesting. And, you know, or, or a customer will say, what about what about this? <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll think about it for a few minutes and maybe uh, two weeks later I'm brewing it. And 
so that's that is a challenge constantly coming up with new recipes but it's also the fun part of the challenge right um, and i still have the, the other part of that is i still have probably a hundred other beers that i keep promising to do that i haven't gotten to wow so at that rate you can easily get to 200 beers a year yeah i think it uh, at least 150 i would say is yeah. probably very reasonable yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And if we, you know, if we get a little bit busier, 200 is not out of the question. <laughs> that's fantastic. There's a, there's a brewery that I go to that's sort of local neighborhood to, to where I am. And one of the frustrating things that I find about it is, is that there's usually three quarters of the tap are things that I've had before. So it's great and it's a wonderful place to hang out. But I know that if I'm going to go there, it's, I'm probably going to drink one of the three things that I drink every time I go there. And that was something that I didn't want to have happen. And, and we have customers that come in and some will get annoyed that uh, we have some one person I'm thinking of in particular loves our ESB, you know, gets annoyed when it's not on tap. And it's here probably two out of every four weeks, but it's not always here. Um, and we have that with a, with other beers, too. We're like, wait a minute, I had this two weeks ago. And now I can't have it. Like, well, wait a couple of weeks and it'll be back. Probably, maybe. Um, <laughs> but try in the meantime try something new. And, and as a result, we get people to try new things. Uh, yeah, we have one guy who comes in and drinks nothing but our, our chocolate milk stout on nitro. And when that's out, it forces him into trying other things. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. Now I like this. Hey, wait, now I like, you know, oh, I found out I like something new. Uh, so that's, that's the fun part of it. Cool. So when we were trying the beers, we had things like a salted caramel porter. We had a gingerbread porter, pineapple yeah. IPA. So you like experimenting a lot. I do. Did, did you ever try a beer where you experimented maybe a little too much um, and either it did work or it didn't? Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, not everything works. The good news is I haven't had to I haven't actually had to dump anything, you know, where where it's just been so bad that uh, it just the experiment didn't work. Uh, I, I certainly like some things better than others, uh, but I love I love playing with different flavors. So um, sometimes it's a matter of tinkering with this flavor a little bit, tinkering with that. But I try not also to, you know, like the ones you mentioned, the salted caramel, the, the gingerbread, not everything in here is some flavored beer. You know, we do have your standard ESB, standard IPA, standard double IPA, um, the, the red ale. Mm -hmm. uh, so those are the, the non-funky things, I guess is probably the right, the right way to say it. Uh, and I try to keep that as a mix. So, you know, if you come in out of the, out of the 16 draft beers, six or seven might be kind of out there. You know, like right now we have the, the blackberry cream ale, um, which is, I thought was a little bit out there and turns out that's turned out to be very popular. When we did our Hefeweizen this summer, I decided to make one batch of pineapple Hefeweizen and that ended up being probably the fastest selling release we've ever had. And that's one now that will constantly be back. Uh, the same happened. We had a guest brewer and we're talking about the guest brewer program back at the, in, I guess it was in June when the Capitals were working their way to the Stanley Cup. And we decided to do our, we take, he wanted something light. So we did our Kolsch, but we made it into a red Kolsch. I'm just using some more, some darker malts. And so now our red Kolsch has become a mainstay. Uh, you know, there's two of the tanks right now are full of it. And that'll be back on in a couple of days. Cool. Well, okay. Since you mentioned your tanks, let's take a minute and walk us through the system that you're brewing on and how you're brewing these small batch beers. Because it's beautiful. Uh, we will post pictures on like Instagram and stuff if you guys want to see it. But it's beautiful, but it's very, very different. It is. You walk in here and, you know, people walk into a brewery. They expect to see big, giant, shiny stainless steel tanks. Um, 
those my tanks are one barrel fermenters, uh, which are you know one twentieth, one thirtieth the size of most breweries that you'd walk into. That might be a you know twenty, twenty five, thirty barrel brewery. The on my my brew system, I do two side by side one barrel systems, and I just turned one of them into a two barrel. So on any given day, I could I can be brewing two beers simultaneously, either two one barrel batches or a two barrel plus a one barrel, or you know different combinations of those. Uh, and that's how that's how you keep up with the with the tiny batches. So today I'm brewing, but I'm only doing one one barrel batch. Uh, on Monday I'll be doing actually a half barrel batch, a one barrel batch, and a two barrel batch. Uh, it's gonna be a long wow. day. Yeah, that's a big day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because I skipped the two barrel batch today, and I have to catch up now. <laughs> uh, procrastination. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always exactly. bite you in the butt. <laughs> right. And that yeah, so that'll make for you know a sixteen or seventeen hour day on Monday. Ugh. But yeah, is what it is. Now, you're the brewer, the owner, you have a lot of hats here. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you have to come up with the names of the beers on your own, or do you enlist other people to help you with that? Um, for the most part, I'd say 90%, or maybe even more than that, of the beers are my names. And if, if you look at the names of our beers, most of them are music-related. I'm very much a classic rock, oldies rock kind of person. So you'll Excellent. see a lot of our, you know, our, our popular beers, you know, Hey Bulldog, Here Comes the Sun, or Beatles references. Um, London Calling is our Nut Brown Ale. It's a, you know, The Clash. Uh, Ruby Tuesday is our English Mild. That's, you know, The Stones. Uh, so I'd say probably probably 80% or more of our beers are rock, you know, music related. Um, others are just random things, I guess. Yeah, but I guess, you <laughs> but, know. Yeah, but I do. And then if you saw, we don't do a chalkboard. We, each beer gets its own poster. So that you talk about some of the challenges. I've got to, I come up with all that artwork and print those posters uh, and sometimes I'm doing those at the last second as well yeah well, it's interesting because we've talked to other folks who when we talk to brewers Adam likes to ask the question about where do you come up with the names for your beers and it's we've talked to a lot of folks who are very they keep running into the challenge particularly if they're distribution breweries they run into the challenge right. of, of having to name beers names that have never been used before and you don't really have to worry about no that. no exactly <laughs> because we're not we're not right now we're not packaging so I don't yeah. have to worry about what's on the shelf or, or, right. or running into the same name so and, and honestly, most of our names are completely different anyway, because they're, they're various right. references to music. And yeah. some, you know, some of the beer names are actual song names, but others are actually maybe just a, a, a line from a sure. movie. Like right now, the, the Salted Caramel is mm-hmm. um, Salt of the Earth, which is a song from Beggar's Banquet from oh. the Rolling Stones. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Is there anything you want to tell folks about? Chesapeake. Nope. No. Chesapeake. <laughs> Chesapeake. Chesapeake. Yeah. Chesapeake. Um, well, a- again, we're, we're small, small batch, big variety. Uh, we don't have a big marketing budget, so we are growing by word of mouth. Um, we're trying to do different events. Thursday night is our trivia night. We're going to be adding some Wednesday night game night soon with uh, the folks at Third Eye Comics down in Annapolis. Oh, awesome. Uh, that's coming soon in, in January. Other than that, it's uh, we're just we're just working on a slow, steady path. Uh, we have a great bar staff. Avery, our bar manager, does an amazing job. You know, Patrick, Mary Beth, uh, Steve, Deidre, and, and we just and our newest hire, uh, Catherine, are all doing a fantastic job for us. And they're saving me from also bartending, which is great. Right, you're doing enough, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is the first week. I think the first week or the second week that I haven't bartended also. So it's oh, really nice wow. to. Wow, right? yeah. And I'm actually not on the schedule in December, so I'm very happy about that. That's fantastic. Even though I love I love interacting with the customers, but it's just the hours a little just much. too many hours yeah. in the day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want to say we've tried several of the beers. We enjoyed all of them. I mean, they were all very tasty, really good beers. 
Yeah, with 24 beers on tap at any given moment, you're pretty much going to find something you like. It's worth trying as many of them as you can handle. Yeah. And we do a lot of flights um, because of the ever-changing variety. Mm -hmm. Even our regulars start out with a flight instead of, yeah, because maybe maybe the thing they liked last week wasn't here anymore, but uh, because they always want to try new things. So we, you know, the bartenders love pouring all the flights. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But, well, listen... Uh, John, we really appreciate your letting us come in well, and see out. this place. Uh, those of you listening to the podcast, if you're ever headed out toward Annapolis, uh, we were talking earlier, if you're ever headed out to the to the new Guinness Brewery, um, this is a great first stop just to try the incredible variety of beer and real ales that they have at Chesapeake. So stop by, try some of the stuff that they've got here, meet John, meet the bar staff, and uh Always drink great beer. (laughs) Thanks, Adam. (laughs)